they are one of the leaders in, in, in the world. It's not like that you are a leader in the region. But I think that the, the, from, our, from our perspective, you are in the, in the top of the, among the, 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 the agencies in the world. And generally, I think it's, it's, it's uh, from different points of, of, view, of views, I think that, uh, that the Sports Integrity Australia is doing a really very good job. From one perspective, we have to catch and punish. From other perspective, we have to uh, protect and support. I think that's the importance of having athletes at the table because it is a unique perspective. You know, it's an up-to-date, real-world perspective on what's happening with anti-doping. I think if you're um, dealing with issues like bullying within your sport, you're going to be taking more risk behaviours and that leads to making bad decisions when it comes to anti-doping. Welcome to Onside, the official podcast of Sport Integrity Australia. Our mission is to protect the integrity of sport and the health and welfare of those who participate in Australian sport. Hello and welcome to Onside, I'm Tim Gable. On this episode of Onside, we'll be joined by the President of the World Anti-Doping Agency, Vitold Bunker. Mr Bunker has been in Australia for the World Anti-Doping Agency's Global Education Conference and the WADA Executive Committee meeting. We'll also be joined by the outgoing Chair of the WADA Athlete Committee, former New Zealand skeleton athlete Ben Sanford and four-time Olympic Australian water polo player now the National Integrity Manager for Judo Australia, Boxing Australia and Australian Taekwondo, as well as being a member of Sport Integrity Australia's Athlete Advisory Group, Roman Knox. Firstly, to the President of the World Anti-Doping Agency, Vitold Bunker. President Bunker, thanks for joining us in Sydney today and, and being our guest on Onside. Uh, what's impressed you most about the Global Education Conference here in Sydney? Well, first of all, hello, it's a pleasure to, uh, to be uh, with you here today to discuss the important, uh, important issues. I, let me start by saying that I'm really very impressed with, uh, with the hosts, how they dealt with, with the organization. It's a really amazing, amazing conference, the, the biggest attendance in the history of WADA when you take into account our uh, conferences regarding uh, education. So it is it's really great achievement uh, a lot of experts a lot of people full of passion engagement from different countries different uh, different uh, different regions uh, so this is this is a really great great achievement and great chance to 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 share the views to to discuss some important uh, matters the role of education the future of of education in 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 anti in anti doping so very very valuable uh, conference gathering uh, for for us from Wada's from Wada's uh, perspective. So yeah, and I think it's uh, we have to we have to underline that the the role of education this is this is extremely important pillar of our uh, of our policy because uh, well our goal I mean Wada's goal is to is to have a to balance the the the, the policies you know from one perspective. We have to catch and punish, but from other perspective, we have to uh, protect and support. You know? And this is the, the, the this part is a is a education rule. So this is the the future of anti-doping. Not to do only this the first you know 
no, not catch to and punish, not to, exactly. Not to police, but, uh, so yeah. not to show anti-doping uh, as, uh, you know, and WADA and other, you know, stakeholders as a policeman, you know, prosecutor in anti-doping, but to show the, 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 the this, I would say, positive face, uh, uh, but to, to, to show that the education has really extremely important uh, uh, role, you know, to, to protect the dreams of the of young athletes. Because not every country has the same focus on education, do they? And th that's been one of your messages. Yeah, and this is our goal because now I think in the, in the last uh, years and months we, uh, we, we, we've underlined that education is very important, that it's that we, we, we try to con, con, convince the, 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 you know, the stakeholders, others, I mean, anti-doping organizations that you have to uh, increase your, your efforts to, uh, uh, to put education in the right place, you know, in your, in your policy to, to increase the position of, of, of education. So this is, this is a part of our strategy for the next, uh, next years. And this is our, our call to, to the stakeholders, to the, to the anti-doping organizations. So this is one of the goals of this, of this education, to, to tell people, look, uh, to tell our colleagues from, from, from different countries, different re regions responsible for anti-doping, that you have, to, you, have to, you have to have the same balance, you know, between the, those two policies, two parts, the catch and punish and uh, uh, support and, 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 and prevent and protect. You know. Just on Sport Integrity Australia, have you been surprised by just how big their scope is now? They've gone from an anti-doping authority with ASADA to Sport Integrity Australia where there is a far wider remit now of well, integrity issues. I, I think that Sport Integrity Australia works, works very well and it's a valuable collaboration. I mean, from my, my perspective, from anti-doping perspective, we have very good collaboration with our colleagues from, uh, from Australia and it's, it's really, you know, Good, good work, and uh, I, I think it's it's good. And when and we always support governments uh, that are able to to give more powers to the anti-doping organizations in different in different in different areas. So I think it, th this model is is working very uh, very well. I can say from anti-doping perspective mainly because we can we can monitor this this policy, and from from this from from, the, from this perspective, it's 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 really really good. Are you expecting that? anti-doping organizations as they are now across the world many of them follow the sport integrity australia model whereby you do cover a far wider range of integrity issues not just anti-doping yes yes of course because uh, well again it's um, i can say that from anti-doping perspective from from you know my my role i can say yeah the anti-doping organizations should have uh, uh, many tools to be to work effectively, you know, to to be stronger, to to, to deliver the right the right policy. Plus, if if government, um, you know, wants to wants to give uh, more responsibilities uh, to the to the um, to the anti-doping organizations, we are not against, of course not. But but our role is to focus on on anti-doping policy. So I can I can speak from this, you know, from from, from this perspective. Uh, well. On that theme then, um, just on, I guess, the gap between countries that are very stringent, such as Australia, with their anti-doping policies, to the gap that exists with other countries that don't have the same stringent anti-doping policies. How, how, do you, how do you narrow the gap? True. It's, it's, um, I think it's the, the biggest challenge ahead of, 
anti-doping environment, not only WADA. That yeah. still we have uh, regions, countries with very weak anti-doping policy or without even, you know, right system. So, so what is very important is to is to, 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 to partnership, you know, what, what uh, actually Australia is doing to, to help these, say, less developed regions, countries, uh, uh, you know, conduct anti-doping uh, policy. So this is this is what we what we really appreciate where when we have uh, countries which are really keen to work with 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 our colleagues from different regions. So partnerships, solidarity, uh, it's 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 very 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 important from uh, from our perspective. Uh, how to f you know fulfill the gap? Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a real big challenge. It's WADA's role, it's the role of the governments, of the sports movement to to do everything what we can to convince the people responsible for anti-doping in, 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 in uh, these regions to, to do their job. I mean, to, in terms of the funding, you know, in terms of the capacity, in terms of the many, many uh, other issues. So this is the uh, very important goal for us. As a former athlete, uh, have you got, I guess, a way of interpreting to a certain extent what works well with education and what works well with anti-doping coming from that different perspective? Well, when I've, I think it's now we are in a completely different place than in the past when I was an athlete, the anti-doping was in a different place uh, in, uh, where we are now. I mean, when I look at WADA, it's, it's, a, it's a big change, you know. Uh, now we have tools. We, have, uh, we are much stronger than even three, four years ago. I mean, we, 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 have, uh, we, we, we are able to conduct investigations uh, when we, we receive the... the um, the, the, you know the permission, the the the, the possibility to do, to conduct investigations in uh, 2016. So it's like it's it's a, it's a yeah. quite fresh. Uh, uh, I mean, I and I department is quite fresh uh, body and working really very effectively and very so so. Intelligence investigations, education is in a completely different place than mm. than you know, and, uh, in, in in the past. So. From from science perspective, uh, the same. From you know, funding perspective, again, the, the um, you know budget is much bigger than than in the past. I mean, what does what does budget? That's why we can we can do more. So yeah, I think it's as an athlete, uh, from athlete's perspective, I'm former athlete, but I still feel like you know like an athlete. I think that we can be uh, as an as athletes, we can be very comfortable now with the. Uh, with the system and how we, as a WADA and anti-doping community, work. Of course, system is not perfect. Nobody is perfect, but uh, and there is room for improvement, for development. So, of course, we we have to do everything what we can to strengthen the system. But the system works uh, much better than in the past. You mentioned change. Uh, you've been involved with WADA through this incredible reform that has been undertaken, including the Greater Athlete Voice. How important is that, and how far have you got to go before you think that you you reach the right point? Well, I have to honestly. At the beginning of this second phase of governance reforms, uh, I didn't believe that we will be able to achieve these results. I mean, the whole changes, the the and the, the unanimous approval from all our stakeholders. So it was a great achievement that finally we 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 found. Uh, uh, the compromise between between uh, stakeholders that they elaborated really good mm. solutions. So so now yeah, with a strong athlete voice, with um, 
more uh, independent voices in our statutory bodies with some changes regarding ethics. I mean, now we have an independent ethics board, you know, so so from many, many perspectives, I think it's 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 a really, really great, great achievement and big success. And then we we are really confident that those reforms helped us to to be stronger. You've still got challenges, though, haven't you? You've got professional sports that that haven't signed up to the World Anti-Doping Code. You've got obviously the Russian issue. You've got um, obviously scientists looking to to cheat the system with athletes. So there are many challenges, aren't there, coming from from many directions? Yeah, because anti-doping is not an easy business, you know. <laughs> but seriously, it's really, really difficult and huge responsibility. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the, the 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 private leagues. Yes, it's it's concerning issue. But well, we we are we we try to convince the those responsible for anti-doping policy in the countries where the the the, the, are the, the private leagues maybe it's a good idea to to join the anti-doping family, to 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 bring more credibility to your your sport, but it's not easy because the, the private leagues are the, the private. You know, it's, it's it's private business, so they are not some, some of them. Yeah, some of them are not under the, our umbrella because because they don't want to be under the the uh, our uh, jurisdiction. But well, still we have uh, uh, almost 700 or even more 700 code signatories, including 192 countries. So it's it's really a unique system. Can you imagine that this that we have uh, unified rules? which applies to all stakeholders, to 192 countries and uh, many sports federations. So it's, it's, it's really unique structure and great achievement that, that, we, uh, that we have uh, standards, rules, uh, code, uh, which, which cover the, the, you know, the big, big the, 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 yeah, a lot of, a yeah. lot of uh, sports and countries. So just on on that issue though do, do you feel as though you are at that point where you feel as though you are starting to to get on top of anti-doping worldwide do you feel as though okay we've we've got this covered we've got that covered um you know you've got to be vigilant obviously but do you feel as though you you're close to to getting to that point as i said i think it's uh, system works well generally anti-doping policy, but there is room for, for, for development. It's not that we are happy with everything what is, uh, what is going on in, in, in sport in anti-doping policy. So it's, it's, it's a race, you know. It's a, sometimes I feel it's a race with, uh, with, uh, with the cheats. We have to be uh, stronger, we have to be fast, we have to, be, uh, uh, we have, to have uh, better tools. To, to, you know, to eradicate doping from, from sport. So, the, yeah, as I said, it, uh, rules are okay, system works, but for sure we still have to think what we can do more, how we can f- yeah. uh, fulfill these gaps mentioned yeah. you know, during the conversation with you and, and the many other issues. Yes, yeah, so a, a few game changes though. You've had the biological passport, you've had the reanalysis of samples yeah. from 10 years previously. So yeah. there, there have been incredible developments that, that narrow the gap. Exactly. This is the, the anti-doping. Now it's not only you know, testing, as you mentioned, ABP. Uh, you know the, the long-term storage of samples. So it's a great, uh, great tool. Then intelligence investigations. So uh, and the collaboration with law enforcement. Uh, we have MOU with with Interpol, with Europol. So we are working with the law enforcement, with the strong agencies that have you know good tools, which we don't have. 
it's obvious of course yeah. we are not law enforcement agency so this is this is this 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 solidarity this collaboration between different uh, entities is is really val very valuable for us and helpful that we we are able to share the information share the experience that they they treat us very seriously so it's so yeah, it's it's and this is this is very important. Because you've mentioned good. there, yeah, you've mentioned there are a couple of pillars of Sport Integrity Australia, in terms of collaboration, working with law enforcement, yeah. etc. Do you see Sport Integrity Australia as being a, a key player going forward? Uh, because they they have been involved in this space for so long now. Yeah, of course they are one of the leaders in 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 the world. It's not like that you are a leader in the region, but I think that the the from our, from our perspective, you are in the in the top of the among the, 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 the agencies in the world with a really good, you know, uh, strategy with the, you know, and generally I think it's, it's, it's uh, from different point of, of view, of views, I think that, uh, that the Sports Integrity Australia is doing a really very good job. Is there an enormous outside pressure on WADA? Do, do you feel, you know, you've got the Russian ban finishing on December 16, for instance, and you've got many other issues surrounding what how how easy is it to isolate and and to focus Business on the job? as usual <laughs> you know we, we we are responsible for really important uh area it's it's a huge responsibility on our shoulders so it's i think it's normal for everyone involved i mean the wireless management the, our employees that we have this 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 pressure because well I think that sport has the power to unite people, to build community. You know, um, sport plays very important role in 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 the, uh, in the countries. In the, so so, uh, but only clean sport. You know, like sport without doping, without you know, corruption, match fixing. So from our perspective, from anti-doping perspective, we have to do everything what we can to to protect uh, those uh, values. Like you know. A clean sport, so so the the pressure is normal because uh, anti-doping is not only sport. It's as you said, we are even more sometimes geopolitical uh, organization rather than sport sometimes because when you look at the decisions which we can take, yeah, it's and some of them affect not only sport, of course. Sometimes a little bit of friendly fire too <laughs> from your own ant, you know, anti-doping associations around the world, agencies critical of WADA's decisions and. Trying to put pressure on water too. Yeah, but uh, well, now I, I I think that what we achieved in last month, I think that the the, the our colleagues from anti-doping community are very very happy what we are doing, what we what we've changed. For instance, with the governance reforms that we uh, that we gave them more attention, that we engage our colleagues from, from for instance, from anti-doping organizations that soon they will have a seat, even seats in, in our foundation board, so they are more, much more involved. I think that we, 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 we've done a lot in terms of the communication with, 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 with them. So from the very beginning of my presidency, I, I've had a, dozens of meetings with, uh, with, with the stakeholders, uh, virtual, in person. So w what I tried to do is, was to convince them Guys, we we have to work together, uh, arm in arm, you know, hand in hand, to because we have the same goals. You know, we we cannot compete. Sometimes uh, it's fair to criticize us if you if you don't agree with us. You have right to do it, of course, but do it in the right way. Okay, so and and this is this is this is uh, what I think about the the, the collaboration. Sometimes we can um, um, disagree. 
it's even creative <laughs> but uh, uh, but finally we have to we have to elaborate compromise we have to find a uh, uh, you know good solutions because we have the same goal so this is this is how i see anti-doping you're involved in politics in poland um the politics of poland how do they compare with the politics of world anti-doping and dealing with various countries and sporting organizations and well i think it's a different uh, different area definitely uh, yeah there are some common issues of course in politics uh, in, in poland and in politics you know the global politics and anti-doping uh, policy but well it, it was uh, you know I think I'm, you can say I'm not objective because in my previous capacity I was the Minister of Sport and Tourism in Poland. But I think I've done a lot in in sport in Poland. I was really proud what we what we achieved with with my team in in the ministry. And I think that one of the I think that one of the reasons why I became the WADA president was what I've done in Poland. You know, because our system was uh, at the beginning of my mission as a minister you know was uh, and it was not my fault because i start with uh, being a minister and then i received the 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 you know, it's funny funny story i received the 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 letter from wada okay uh minister i was i was new uh your law is not uh, i mean in poland the, the 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 regulations are not in accordance with wada standards can you imagine they gave they yeah. they they gave me three months to adjust it to change the some you know some law, yeah. some parts of, of the law in, in Poland. So I said, "Oh, come on! It's 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 very hard. If not, of course they 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 well inform me. Yeah, if not, um, yeah, Poland will be non-compliant. You know. So well, it was tough time, tough beginning. But uh, finally, uh, one week before deadline, we <laughs> we we've changed uh, what they expected from us to to change. Then I decided, no, we we have to." It's it's not enough. We have to overturn the table. We have to change everything. We have to launch the Polish anti-doping agency. We have to increase the budget. You know, uh, and and we have to, as a government, give them strong tools to be effective to working working well. So I think it was uh, it was much appreciated uh, from uh, my colleagues from Europe and uh, other countries that when I had a campaign, so then I decided to be the candidate for. Well, as president, I, I put on the table what we what we did in Poland. Said, look, this is the this is what we um, what we achieved, and uh, I think it's a uh, this is the clear evidence that uh, uh, I'm really able to be the president. You got to. Yeah. There are some big decisions to be made. Obviously, I mentioned earlier the Russia decision, December 16. It, it is. Massive worldwide, isn't it? It's uh, it's it's not just a decision that Wada makes, and and that's but, but it. it you know. Yeah, it's it's not easy, of course. The, the 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 issue is very complicated. Now we, of course, we monitor the the the, the situation very closely. Uh, you know, geopolitically, situation is very very difficult. The 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 Russian invasion in Ukraine, this terrible invasion, and uh, the the war in 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 Ukraine. Uh, from from other perspective, uh, uh, the fact that you know Russian and uh, Belarusian athletes are not competing uh, internationally, at least majority of them. Some of them they are able to compete as a neutral, but majority are are sanctioned. So 
so this this perspective is very uh, very complicated. But our role is to to, to follow the the, the CAS uh, expectations. So we have to monitor the Rusada, um, and we are doing it because we we decided to of course to to do it to not to close the open line of communication with Rusada because uh, we think that uh, uh, war cannot create a paradise for cheats. You know, so system anti-doping. Uh, uh, you know the system; they have to operate, you know, as a, as a, and test the athletes. Just wanted to finish uh, something, obviously closer to home because you're in Australia, um, and every country has their unique issues. You've got the issue of Norway, for instance, and their consent laws. Australia has its own unique challenges, but there are some positives, if I can put it that way. No positive supplement tests in Australia, 2021, 2022. You know, what do you take away from the week that you've had in Australia? First of all, education. If, if you ask me on yep. one strong issue, I think that the, 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 the global conference, it's a, it's a right example that you are the host, that you, that you raise the, 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 the role of education in, in, in Australia in anti-doping is a really good example of, of, the, of the area where uh, you are very, very strong. Thanks very much for, Thank you very much. for coming to Australia and uh, sharing your experiences. And I guess it's great to meet everybody in the flesh as well. Thank you very much. Thanks, President Bunker. You're listening to Onside, the official podcast of Sport Integrity Australia. We've now been joined by the outgoing chair of the WADA Athlete Committee, Ben Sanford, and Sport Integrity Australia's Athlete Advisory Group member and four-time Olympian Bronwyn Knox. Bron is also the National Integrity Manager for three sports. Firstly, to you, Ben, you've been on the WADA Athlete Committee now for 10 years, and, and as you prepare to depart, do you feel as though you're on track to achieving your goal of securing greater athlete representation at WADA? Yeah, you're right. Uh, 10 years is a long time, uh, and you know it's been quite the journey uh, along the way. Um, and I think you know WADA is changing, and I think anti-doping is changing, and it's... Um, you know, it needs to be athlete-centred, um, and that's a journey. Um, it's not just a destination, and we're definitely on that journey uh, to make WADA more athlete-centred and, you know, to have the flow-on effect of making uh, anti-doping uh, more athlete-centred and really making sure that uh, athletes, you know, are part of the decision-making process um, and do have a strong voice. When you started 10 years ago, is it a totally different place now than it was a decade ago? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you often lose, um, you know, the where you are in, in the process, I guess. And I guess if I was looking back over 10 years, I think the wider Athlete Committee is definitely a completely different committee than it was 10 years ago. I think it's treated differently by WADA and I think it's got a, a different space in global sport as well. Because I remember five years ago or so, you're in the midst of, you know, being the athlete voice and you know, a fair bit of argy-bargy to get to the point of the athletes having some form of right and, and a say in WADA. Yeah, you're right. Like we've gone through some really difficult times and I think that's you know, reflective of the difficult times that anti-doping and WADA has been through. Um, you know, Russia and the flow-on effects from you know, the Russian doping saga have you know, been enormous uh, and we at the WADA Athlete Committee took a pretty strong line on that. And so as a result, there were, you know, implications and all sorts of 
you know ramifications through the system like it's it's never easy when you have a essentially an internal committee um disagreeing with other parts of the system um and we've got through that and you know hopefully we've come out the side stronger um and you know really been able to you know show the importance of having an athlete voice and showing it you know not just at particular times but you know embedding it or trying to embed it right through the system just on the athlete voice we've got bron knox with us champion water polo player now an integrity manager with three different sports and also on the sport integrity australia athlete advisory group bron do you feel as though the athlete voice is starting to be heard it's definitely growing. I think that's the important part. It's sort of building a bit of momentum. And I think now stepping away from my sport and not having selection hanging over my head, you can really start to champion different things and really champion that athlete voice. You know, my sport, there's always a discretionary selection process. So whether perceived or actual, you had that threat that was there of fear of speaking out. So I think now stepping away from that and looking back with clear eyes, you can really see where there's space to improve and how you can really put the athlete voice forward. When you came through in the sport, did you feel as though at times it was frustrating, your, your concerns weren't heard um, and you were speaking almost to a brick wall? Did you, did you find that at times, you know, many years ago or a couple of years ago, I guess? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, being a part of a few different teams, both national and professional, um, being told that you ask too many questions and just to trust the system. I think and when you've seen the system fail um, a few times and fail some of your teammates, I think it's really hard as an athlete to sort of take and constantly hitting brick walls and um, having selection and all that hanging over your head, it really makes it difficult to continue to um, speak up and raise concerns when um, you're not sure where you stand. So I think that's starting to change and you see sports and Sport Integrity Australia start to listen and WADA start to listen to the athlete voice and hear a different perspective and um, take that into consideration in their decision making. So Ben, why is it important to have an athlete's perspective? I think it is a unique perspective. You know, it comes from the athletes and, you know, athletes are looking at things through a different lens than, um, you know, other people around the governance table and it's, you know, we're also in anti-doping anyway. We're also talking about, um, you know, the creation of anti-doping rules and policies, you know, which have an enormous impact on athletes. Um, you know, the impacts of those are life-changing. Um, you know, the the compliance that we're asking athletes to, to live with is, is enormous. Um, and so you need, I would say, that sort of social license or that license from athletes to do that. Um, and athletes want to have clean sport and the best way to do that is to you know involve them in those decisions involve them in those policies you know have everyone um, moving in the same direction uh, so then everyone understands what's happening why it's happening um, and out of that you will get a stronger um, basis for clean sport um, and you also get you know athlete buy-in because they're heard and they have a say. Ron is there buy-in from the athletes now do you think? Oh definitely I think um, since some of the social pushes in the um comms push around who's on the athlete advisory group I've definitely had a lot more athletes come speak to me about what we're doing and how they can get involved in some of the issues that they're facing so I think the more that the athletes start to talk to one another and then those of us who are in in the committees or the groups that are there that we can start raising those concerns or raising those issues. 
I'll ask a question to both of you. Firstly, to you about Bron. Do you think officials in suits understand the pressures that that athletes face? Um, I think perhaps there was a time when they did, especially if they were within sport themselves. Uh, it's always interesting to see how many, especially in say anti-doping, who have actually walked through and participated in the anti-doping process or doping control process, because you are in a quite a vulnerable position. And it'd be interesting to see how many of those decision make makers have actually proceeded through that process themselves. What about you, Ben? Uh, it's a bit of a yes and no question. Um, you know, in some regards, yes, in other regards, no. Um, and I think that's the importance of having athletes at the table because it is a unique perspective. You know, it's an up-to-date, real-world perspective on what's happening with anti-doping. Um, and that's, you know, where you get the information to know, you know, if you're having an impact or not and, you know, whether athletes are, are believing in the system or not. From a broader perspective, obviously Sport Integrity Australia has moved into the integrity framework and so the scope is far bigger than simply anti-doping. Can you see that as being, I mean, you've been a, an athlete, you've been on the wider Athlete Committee for 10 years. Can you see it being a natural progression for anti-doping agencies to take on that bigger remit uh, of integrity issues? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is a, a natural sort of progression for a lot of anti-doping organisations to start to move into the integrity space. You know, they're already, you know, working in the policy. They're already working with governments and law enforcement. Um, you know, they're already across sports and doing education. Um, so it's it does seem to me to be a natural progression. Um, you're seeing that also, you know, with, um, you know, the International Tennis Association or Federation, you know, they've now got an integrity unit biathlons moving in that way so sports also moving in that way um, and I think for national anti-doping organizations you know that is the next step I know in New Zealand we're heading down, down that path as well um, and it just seems to be a, a natural fit because there are you know a wide range of integrity issues and one of them is doping. And you know we've seen obviously in New Zealand cycling for instance that's been the latest one before that gymnastics seems almost crying out for, for some form of integrity unit, doesn't it? Um, in a similar way that Sport Integrity Australia has developed the National Integrity Framework, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Australia's been a world leader in, you know, working in the space and, and getting um, Sport Integrity Australia up and running um, and having that national framework. I think, you know, that's one of the first things that we'll want our integrity agency to be doing is to develop a national framework um, and then, yeah, move from there because, you know, wherever you look in the world, there are integrity issues um, and it's it's really heartbreaking to see these issues sort of being repeated over and over again. Um, so we do need, you know, a lot more work in that space. And Bron, you're in the coalface, um, at the coalface. As a, an integrity manager for three sports, a former athlete yourself, you're on the Sport Integrity Australia Athlete Advisory Group. Tell us about your life in terms of being a national integrity manager or being an integrity manager for three sports? Um, I like to think that I bring a unique perspective having been an athlete and been exposed to some potentially um, questionable behaviours within sport. So I think that sort of gives me a unique understanding, but also um, the framework itself provides athletes with a bit of confidence that things will be dealt with independently of their sport. And I think that's a huge step forward because previously it was dealt in-house, it was dealt behind closed doors, there was no accountability, no transparency. 
and you were just given a decision or an outcome or completely ignored. So I think having the framework in place and having athletes able to both anonymously and um, securely, either with their name or um, through people like myself as integrity managers, um, put their um, complaints forward and they be um, dealt with in an independent sort of fashion and dealt with by people who actually understand the investigative process before it's been administrators in sports who are, you know, under-resourced and overworked and dealing with all sorts of different issues depending on the size of the sport. So having an external body that has those resources and that knowledge and that understanding um, can only help athletes feel more confident in the process. And you have an addition to your title too, don't you, Complaints Manager. Is that a lightning rod for people coming forward with complaints? I think within my first week I got a number of um, emails of just, just checking in and phone calls of trying to, I think, gauge where I sat within the sport and how I was connected and um, then a few few more came through and a bit more, I think, they started to feel more confident that I wasn't, while I was employed by sports, I wasn't directly engaged with them. So I think... Um, been a, seeing a different side of sport, I suppose, and it's um, it's been challenging but also quite interesting. I guess the thing that interests me is that um, probably three years ago, uh, the focus, I know, with Sport Integrity Australia was, as Asada was very much on anti-doping, now with a far wider scope. Do you feel as though anti-doping, like, I'm not saying it's not, not as important, but do you feel as though it, it's sort of in the pack now a little bit? Um, I think it, they all bleed into one another. I think if you're um, dealing with issues like bullying within your sport, you're going to be taking more risk behaviours and that leads to making bad decisions when it comes to anti-doping. So I think there's, they're quite interconnected and they bleed into one another and having all of those combined in that integrity space is just going to create a more sustainable and a stronger step forward to help keeping sport clean and safe for all but I guess it comes down to ethical decision-making in the end, doesn't it? Whether it be anti-doping, whether it be behaviour in sport. It's it's not just about anti-doping per se, as we've just mentioned. No, yeah, you're right. And, you know, that's why, you know, we've had this education conference and, you know, underlying that is values-based education. You know, you want to be getting to, to children and, and, you know, teaching those values so that they can make good choices, you know, as they move through that, that athlete pathway. Um and yeah, the sooner you can do that, the better. What, what where do you go now? And um, obviously, finishing up after ten years with Wada on the athlete committee, what are you going to do with yourself? Uh, yeah, it's going to give me a lot more free time. Um, yeah, it's Wada does take up a, a lot of my time, um, and as a result of you know being on Wada, I'm also chairing Drug Free Sports Athlete Committee. I'm on the NZOC Athlete Commission. Um, so yeah, all of that's going to finish for me at the end of the year um, and hopefully, you know, I love sport um, and I'm sure something will come up for, for me to still be able to contribute. Do you see yourself moving into the broader integrity um, aspect I, of sport? I really don't know. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll see, you know, one door closes and another opens and we'll see what happens uh, in the near future. I'm currently running to be the mayor of my city uh, back <laughs> in New Zealand. So we'll see if I, if I get that, that's obviously going to take up an enormous amount of time. Um, but if I also don't get that, you know, it, it does mean that there's other opportunities in sport, you know, whether that's in the integrity space or governance space, we'll, we'll see. In terms of wider, you've got every confidence now that the framework is in place for, for athletes to be more heavily involved? Because I know that we're seeing 
the progress and the shift and the reform, et cetera, continue. You're confident that we are in the right direction? I'm never 100% confident. I, you know, nothing's ever perfect and I think we have to continue to work on it. Um, you know, so there's, it's an ongoing process. You know, I, I keep on saying that, you know, being an athlete-centred organisation isn't, you know, it isn't the end of the sentence. It's it's a process. Um, and I think WADA and the new Athlete Council that comes in next year is going to have to carry on pushing that. Um, you know, I would like to see WADA and anti-doping you know, being much more athlete-centred, I think the door's open um, and I think the new council will be able to walk through that door, but I think, you know, there's a, still a lot more work that needs to be done in the future. So when you say more athletes involved, you, you, what, on the executive or how, how far do you go with an athlete being involved? Because I guess, you know, if athletes are totally running wider, it can be seen that it's favouring athletes too much so there needs to be a balance doesn't there? Yeah and I think it's about striking that balance you know correctly um, and I think the balance hasn't been correct in the past and I think you know there's, there's good reasons for why WADA was set up the way WADA was um, and you know this athlete representation has sort of come as a result of WADA existing in, in this space um, so now we're sort of trying to add on athlete representation to the existing structures that WADA was set up as a partnership between governments and the sports movement. Uh, and, you know, like I ideally, like I would like to see us have, you know, sort of a one-third, one-third, one-third partnership around clean sport and around the governance table, um, you know, especially when it relates to the foundation board. But, you know, small steps, you know, we've got, you know, the chair of the, the new WADA Athlete Council will be on the executive committee and we'll have two seats on the foundation board um, you know, that's in addition to the IOC, AC members that are there. So, yeah, moving in the right direction, but always always more to aim for. In, in terms of anti-doping, wh- where do you think improvements can be made? Uh, and I guess I, where I'm coming from, but like um, athletes with whereabouts, for instance, times there is confusion about that, there is confusion about supplements, um, low-level returns on positive tests. There are a number of issues that do cause angst in the athletes athlete community so is there room for improvement in that area do you think yeah i i think there's yeah a lot of room for improvement um and i think one of the things is you know understanding the issues and then once we understand the issues we can obviously try to improve them and anti-doping is is quite complicated and things are are the way they are for a lot of good reasons often um you know and we have quite a a set structure that applies um, and sometimes it's about having flexibility within that so whether that's like if you take inadvertent doping you know or an athlete mm. that's taken a supplement and that's tainted um, you know we can we need to be looking at that and we know that the rules are the rules at the mo- moment but how can we improve them to you know add in flexibility how can we um, you know make sure that contaminated supplements or you know common contaminants have a, a threshold you know, so we aren't catching um, athletes unintentionally. How can we provide more support to athletes in those situations? You know, whether that's legal aid or wellbeing support. Um, so there's a huge array of things. Um, like any topic that you pick up, it can mm. be improved. Like we have to constantly improve. Another aspect, of course, is that you look at Australia, very stringent anti-doping procedures, yet it's not the case everywhere. And so Australian athletes say, well, you know, while we love uh, the, the level playing field, how come we're being targeted where 
athletes we're competing against hardly get tested at all. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest thing that athletes come to us and, and ask us about is, you know, why am I have to, having to follow every single rule um, and be tested all the time and yet my competitors aren't? Um, and so there's a lot of work that WADA does now on making sure that, you know, that global system is, is working better, um, whether that's, you know, lifting up the... Um, the levels of national anti-doping organisations or, or regional anti-doping organisations or working with sport to make sure that, you know, they're, they're testing through their levels of sport too. Um, but it's, again, like it's a, you have to constantly make sure that it's working and getting better. What about you, Bron? What, what sort of questions do you get asked by, not only, I guess, in your three sports that you cover now as an integrity and complaints manager, but in water polo? What was the biggest bugbear? What what were the questions that you got asked? Uh, a lot of it's around the doping control process. So we'd finish a game and you'd be approached and then it'd be, um, oh, you can't warm down or you, mm. you know, there was unclear whether you could shower and when you're in chlorine and it's, it can be quite abrasive to your skin and not being able to shower for potentially hours is um, quite damaging. So it's um, trying to, you know, not comply with, the restrictions in place or the regulations in place, but also um, having that flexibility to maintain what you need to do as an athlete. Um, I know myself, I was in doping control and um, I had a partial um, sample and my um, chaperone left and I was there by myself and I didn't know what to do because I was like, do I leave the room because then I'm leaving doping control yeah. or do I... And luckily I had my phone close by so I called our doc who came in and usually they'd be there but we had injuries so there was other things that she had to deal with but it was uh, we were overseas and it was quite intimidating not knowing what to do because you were potentially in violation because you weren't in sight of the chaperone and so there's things like that that happen that pop up constantly when we're on tour or overseas or traveling um, so we're lucky here in Australia we have a pretty good process and it's the same pretty much wherever whenever you get tested so that um, our girls have a base knowledge and when they go overseas they see that difference but um, plenty of stuff still come up about supplements about medications especially um, buying medications overseas and um, there's so many questions I get tests I get texts many mm. times and I've had um, one of my teammates had to go to hospital and doping control turned up at her house and she wasn't there she's like what does this mean I I'll, yeah. I'll get a sanction. So there's there's constantly um, questions coming through, through, even though it's, you know, they're quite well-educated athletes, but it's your life. It's part of your identity that's on the line and that risk is um, there and suddenly it's threatened and you, you're left feeling really vulnerable and scared. Yeah, another aspect, of course, too, is that if um, you're waiting to get tested and you rest, uh, the rest of the team's on a plane going somewhere and... Yeah, you've had that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I haven't had that, but I've had. We won a um, gold medal, and it was about one a.m. in the morning in Spain, and everyone else was leaving, and I had to go to doping control and uh, provide a sample. But I was lucky in that mine was relatively quick, and there was a Yank there who were their game was about four hours before ours. She was still there waiting to provide a sample. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the things you're talking about there are very much overseas, and I guess. Australia, because uh, the athletes do have a voice um, and a very strong voice, uh, things can change. And you'd hope that, like Australia, New Zealand, um, 
United States, UK can lead the way in terms of, you know, the expectations of athletes. Yeah, definitely a rising tide um, lifts all ships. So the more we can all um, raise the level and bring everyone with us, I think um, it'll help keep um, consistency and clarity across the board. Yeah. And even though you're leaving, you're still going to have a, a voice, do you think? You're going to get on social media and and call things out? Oh, How are you gonna, you're not going to be quiet, are you? No. Um, although, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly the most prolific social media user. Um, but, you know, like I've been involved in, um, in WADA for the last 10 years and I've been in athlete representation, I think, for about 16 years. Mm. Uh, so, like it, it means a lot to me and, um, you know, the the gains that we've made and the struggles that we've had, you know, I've lived through those. Um, so I'll definitely be keeping an eye on things and, uh, you know, reaching out and, you know, we have a, a whole new athlete council at WADA coming in next year. Um, so I'll definitely be there for them to, you know, say what's happened and you know, provide any guidance or, or help I can. Good on you. Thanks very much for joining us, Ben. All the best Thank in you. the future. Thanks very much, Bron. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us on Onside after a highly successful global education conference in Sydney. We'll be back with another episode of Onside shortly. You've been listening to Onside, the official podcast of Sport Integrity Australia. Send in your podcast questions or suggestions to media at sportintegrity.gov.au. For more information on Sport Integrity Australia, please visit our website, www.sportintegrity.gov.au or check out our Clean Sport app.